Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 90, verses 1 through 8. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, Turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it's past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them, sweep them away, they're like a dream. Like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and it is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are consumed by your anger, but your wrath, by your wrath we are overwhelmed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in light of your countenance. Ezekiel chapter 6 The word of the Lord came to me, O mortal, Set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them, and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and the valleys, I, I myself, will bring a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars shall become desolate, and your incense stands shall be broken. And I will throw down your slain in front of your idols. I will lay the corpses of the people of Israel in front of their idols, and I'll scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you live, your town shall be waste and your high places ruined, so that your altars will be waste and ruined, your idols broken and destroyed, your incense stands cut down, and your works wiped out. The slain shall fall in your midst, then you shall know that I am the Lord. But I will spare some. Some of you shall escape the sword among the nations and be scattered through the countries. Those of you who escape shall remember me among the nations where they are carried captive, how I was crushed by their wanton heart that turned away from me, and their wanton eyes that turned after their idols. Then they will be loathsome in their own sight for the evils that they have committed, for all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. I did not threaten in vain to consider to bring this disaster upon them. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord God, Clap your hands and stamp your foot and say, Alas, for all the vile abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Those far off shall die of pestilence, those nearby shall fall by the sword, and any who are left and are spared shall die of famine. Thus I will send my fury upon them, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When their slain lie among their idols around their altars, on every hill, on all the mountain tops, under every green tree, and under every leafy oak, wherever they offered pleasing odor to all their idols. I will stretch out my hand against them and make the, make the land desolate and waste throughout all their settlements, from the wilderness to Riblah. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Revelation chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured his bowl on the earth, and a foul and painful sore came on those who had the mark of the beast, 
and who worshipped its image. The second angel poured his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are just, O Holy One, who are and were, for you have judged these things. Because they shed the blood of saints and prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, O Lord, the, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. Good morning and welcome to the 24th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, This morning's readings today come from Psalm 90, Ezekiel 6, and Revelation 16. And the the downcast and downtrodden and angry and wrathful God is is more of what we heard yesterday and earlier in the week. Um, Yesterday we heard from the Vita Martini, which I hope you all enjoy. You can check out separately on wherever you're listening to podcasts. Um, but as I've said, the, um, the, this time of the year used to be called Martintide, and it used to be a time of Lent, a time of fasting and prayer and abstinence um, in the run-up to Christmas. Before Advent, which didn't really appear until like the 8th or 9th century, um, Advent, you know, we, we know of as the time of, of celebration and, and anticipation and waiting expectantly for a child to be born. It used to be a time of penance and, and fasting, just like Lent, and that's why it was called Martin's Lent. Um, and so <clears throat> there's this, as the days get shorter and the nights get longer, we're left to reflect on our own misdeeds. And I think that's where the, the lectionary read, leads us. Um, and I was caught by one thing. Um, God shows us, or the, the prophet shows us, why God is doing all these things. And in verse, verse 9 from Ezekiel 6, um, we learn that God, uh, God was crushed by Israel's wanton heart that, they, uh, that had turned away from God and their wanton eyes that turned after their idols. God was jealous. God was upset. God was pained and grieved that Israel was not faithful to to God. Um, And there still persists this really weird um, expectation, um, both in mainstream Christianity and in academia, that God is the unmoving mover, um, that God has no emotions, that God is you know, the perfect Stoic, and that cannot be farther from the truth. Um, God is hurt. It says so explicitly multiple times through throughout the Bible. Um, and here it's, it's particularly poignant because we get this rampaging, angry, wrathful God, but right in the middle, we see kind of the core of where it's coming from, that God was crushed. God was crushed that Israel... God's partner, God's uh, covenantal, um, you know, marriage partner, for lack of a better word, um, had not been faithful. That um, she'd run off with Jody while, even you know, God never left. God didn't go on a deployment, and wifey got you know, 
angry or upset and went and slept with Jody, God never left. God doesn't leave Israel. Um, uh, but Israel seems to want, you know, a constant feed of miracles and signs and, you know, all these things, you know, pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke at day. Um, but that's not, that's not faith. That's maybe amazement or something, um, fascination. Um, faith and love are, uh, those moments that are mundane and ordinary, like we're in ordinary time right now. Um, if you need to be flashy for your spouse or for your partner your whole life, it gets tiring. I imagine God didn't want to just be the big, powerful, you know, cloud of smoke all the time for everyone that everybody might believe, because that's not that's not what love is. Um, love doesn't have to dress up every single day. There are high points and there are low points, um, just like in combat. Like civilians get this idea that combat is like nonstop adrenaline rush, and that's simply not true. Um, I don't even think it's true for like special operators on you know clandestine missions. I think it's like there's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of Tiger Woods golf and Halo 3 in my case, or my platoon's case. Um, there's a lot of boring, mundane, um, ordinary routine shit that, that can get kind of boring and can get kind of like, you know, it, it's, it never ceases to amaze me that God has created creatures that could be bored, but wants these creatures um, to, to be engaged so, so, um, you know, and, uh, nonstop or incessantly. And we get that in the saints. We get that in people like Francis and Ignatius and all these others who just dedicate their lives to God. And there's their, like their lives for some of the early monks, their lives are a series of boring, mundane crap. Um, and yet that is, those are the people that we celebrate as Christians, these uh, martyrs, these saints, these confessors, um, who have found a balance between loving God and and allowing that love to be ordinary and routine and basic, um, and to still be excited by the opportunity to love God and be loved by God, even when it isn't some you know big flashy you know, lightning in a storm kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, there will be that. And I'm, I'm sure many of us treasure those moments. Um, but if that's the only thing, or, or if our life is only meaningful, the more we have that, um, we'll turn to idols who give it to us. And that's what happens when, um, you know, we crush God by our wanton heart and wanton eyes. We want more. We want something other than what God provides. We want more than just manna in the wilderness. We want, you know, a Lambo and a fucking, I don't know, the next promotion. Um, but God doesn't, God doesn't promise that. God promises exactly what you need um, and, and more in the sense of, you know, never having to worry about what you need. Um, and that's what I think this... Uh, what our tradition is about, this faith is about, is is having the the patience um, to love God and love one another, even in those moments that we find boring. Uh, Mother Teresa is the patron saint of 
this kind of love, who had an experience early in life, dedicated her life to, to God and to good works, and wrote in her journals and spoke to her spiritual advisors constantly about where is God? You know, I haven't felt God in a long time. Um, just filled with doubt, but continuing to do this thing. And I think that's exactly, I mean, it's, we might hear that and be, that may, may make us sad or, or depressed, but what if you had everything you need and that, that wanting is precisely what God wants of, of us toward God? Um, Teresa never stopped loving and desiring God. Um, and no amount of, you know, lack of uh, spontaneous, spontaneous kind of um, fervent devotion or moments like she didn't have that. Or she, if she did, she made them and gave them to God. And I think um, it's a, a confusing and perhaps terrifying thing to think of that God isn't interested in in you know, kind of wowing us every day or even every other day, um, but wants us to be wowed by God and be wowed by um, what we have because we are God's and because we um, are loved by God and that, that that might be enough. A prayer for the good use of leisure from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, in the course of this busy life, give us times of refreshment and peace, and grant that we may so use our leisure to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds, that our spirits may be opened to the goodness of your creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.